Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored as always by our good friends Workforce Dimensions Limited. Uh, I am John Phipps, we've got a packed show for you this uh, Whenever you're listening, I was going to say this evening, I'm almost in radio uh, mode there. We've got a packed show for you this week. Um, so uh, we've got three interviews coming up, all very good as well. Uh, and hopefully you will enjoy the show. Uh, on the line now is a man who is almost 100% indebted to me and my other half for being on the brink of completing a card collection from a well-known supermarket. It's just a shame he's too tight to buy the book for the cards. Uh, Matt Gerard, how are you? I am good, but my, I came back home one evening and the book was on the table, so my wife has purchased the book. So um, we have got, all we need is number 79 from Sainsbury's Marvel Collection to thing, but we have got the world's population of swaps. So if anybody's actually keen on collecting the Sainsbury's thing, I'm the man for swaps because we've got hundreds. But yeah, thank you very much, John, who um, buys a lot of his, uh, the best guest house in Eastbourne from Sainsbury's. And he's given us loads of cards, so max from respect for you there, John. Thank you. That's not a problem at all, my friend. We're we're happy to have uh, to have helped you. Well, what can I repay the favour in, sort of thing? What can I do for you as you do something for me, myself, and my kids? Um, I don't know. I'm not in. I'm not really. I'm I'm not allowed to collect things. I've got space to collect things anymore. So um, uh, I guess we'll just have to call this. Add this one on me, mate. Honestly. Oh, thanks, mate. Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really pleased to uh, to help you out. Call it. How about call it your your payment for giving up your or ninety two of your Wednesday lunch times to, to ninety two. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I was thinking there when I saw the ninety two. Eight shows away from the hundred. What a what a achievement that would be. It's well, yeah. We have to do be. something special there. We'd have to do it from the top of the Eiffel Tower or something. Yeah, or, or you know, I, I don't think there'd be any interest at all in us doing a live show, would there? I don't think anyone would. Uh, no, no come, not at all. Not at all. You know, no, buy no. tickets to come and see this. Uh, <laughs> like, you know. like the Peter Crouch podcast thing. Yeah, or um, or another podcast. Like no, like my no, dad wrote a porno. We were doing a world tour, going to Australia, New Zealand, uh, and all that. Yeah. I, I, I wonder. That if, would uh, be. Uh, yeah, I don't think. Um, and the live show would show how bad we are at this and how many times you have to recut it and how terrible my language is at times. So that's probably not a good thing. But if there is call for a live show, yeah, we could arrange that. We could come to your front room maybe and record it. <laughs> yeah. Or is that a bit weird? Yeah, especially if you lived in the sort of Tunbridge Wells area and you were up for doing it about half past seven on a... On a Monday, uh... yeah, 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 yeah. That's a bit weird, us turning up and sitting in your front room and I suppose into talking football if we've never met this person before. Well, exactly. But strange things happen. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's very true. Uh, anything else going on in, in Gerard World? Uh, no, no, 11 plus is over. Um, so not really. Uh, we're sort of, it's in that funny time of the year now, isn't it? So bugger all happens in September. We're just waiting to the end of October for Halloween. Then the run up to Christmas, really. So um, no, it's you know, September, October, waste of time months, arguably. Discuss um, oh, your birthdays in it, but, but yeah. nothing goes on, does it? Um, well, you know, I'm not being funny, but my birthday is important, so... I yeah, think yeah, yeah to... but that's gone now, but what, if you, is it, September or October, it's just like, uh, it's getting a bit cold, so I'm miserable, but it's not co- that cold, and you just sort of wind, wind down to Christmas, so, um, yeah, nothing, nothing, have I got anything planned? Uh, nothing, nothing too exciting, no. Well... I don't know... That's what... pretty, uh, well, I've had my holiday, so that was a big sort of curve, and then it's boom. So just basically, it's what, 18 to September, is it? Yeah, so basically, I'm going to run up to Christmas now. That's it. Well, I'm going to hold in, in two and a half weeks. So, so, so you've got to, but after that, again, you see, you've got something to look forward to, but after that, 
What would you normally do in September after your birthday? Bugger all, wouldn't it? Well, the weather's no, good, no, then it'll be rubbish. Normally, I, normally I go on holiday in September because you see, I have the luxury of not having children, so I can always go on holiday Hello. when the kids aren't at school. So normally, September, normally about now, I'm on a beach somewhere enjoying Hello. myself rather than sitting in a in a basement office talking to you about football. Um, and it's holiday time for me. Nothing exciting. It's my husband's birthday on the 1st of November, so I've got that to plan and look forward to. See, but it's not in September and October. Why is the time months? Well, I've still got to plan things. I get to do lots of nice things in September and October. You're a silly man, Matt Gerard. No, that's right. There's nothing, there's nothing going on, so... Rubbish. Right. The thing, look, everybody cares about now, it's Christmas. If you go to Tesco's, we're, we're basically... There are the supermarkets apart from Sainsbury's, but Sainsbury's is my favourite. You go down there, they've got Christmas aisles, so basically it's a countdown to Christmas. Nothing right. happens in September or October. Apart from Brexit, which probably not going to happen anyway, it's just a waste of time months. Well, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, yeah. You know, maybe you should have a nice bonfire party or something just to uh, keep yourself going. That's, um, that's November, you see, so nothing in October. You can, plan you, got, you can plan things that can happen in November. In October, make October exciting. October exciting. October's, yeah. Oktoberfest, but but October. Did you know Oktoberfest actually happens in September? Yes, I did know that. Yeah, so help uh, see. Even October knows it's rubbish. <laughs> you were going to you were going to say a bad word there, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't have been very clever, would it? <laughs> no, no, exactly. But yeah, but even October knows it's rubbish because stuff in Oktoberfest actually happens in September. There right. you go, that's my criticism of months. Okay, here we go. Um, it's our ninety-second episode this week, and uh, it's a number that's very big in the sport we love, but well, not in the bits that we cover here on the Kent Non-League podcast. There's the class of ninety-two who are neither Kent nor non-league, and there's ninety-two clubs in the football league, ninety-one of whom are not Kent, and, and all ninety-two of them are not non-league either. Oh, it's not ninety-two anymore, was it? Well, exactly. That's very true. Um, at the current, but normally the, doing the 92 is a big thing for, for people. And I know Sam from our sponsors, Workforce Dimension, has done the 92 as well. So uh, well done to him. Uh, I also learned very quickly about snub dodecahedrons. But then, wonder of wonders, I discovered that the world's longest place name has 92 letters. Now, if this was a script for the radio show, I would be stitching Matt Gerard up with having to say this. But I don't have that luxury on a podcast. So, let me tell you about a hill in New Zealand called To Ma Ta Fa Ka Ta Ngi Ha Nga Ka O O Ao Ta Mi Ti A Tu Ri Pu Ka Ka Pi Ki Mao Nga Hao Ra Nu Ku Pao Ke Fei Nu A Ke Ta Na Ta Hu or To Ma Ta for sure. I'm off for a lie down. Basically, I was always told at school that landing no longer the go 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 was the was the world's longest road. So basically they've been living off that for years and there's a place in New Zealand, I won't ask you to pronounce it, has done them. It's in uh, the Guinness World Records as the longest place name. And apparently there are even longer versions of it that are used. Um uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I genuinely, I mean, I, I had that phonetically, as you could probably tell from my uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. attempt of reading it out. But uh, you should have got one. Well, you should have got one of those computers to do it. You know, with a, it was Siri, place the longest named person in the world, and see if they did it that way. I wonder if that's set off people's phones. Now you said that. Apparently, that's the thing. What if you say Siri? Apparently, 
Oh, we have had that with Alexa, who never used a bloody thing. If if somebody says it on the telly, who does it from there? And occasionally, randomly, she says stuff. But we've had that conversation about what a waste of time. And another thing, I'm right busy today, aren't I? What a waste of time that is as well. But even though my excitement could be, now because I only got that because we had a new boiler, I could say to her, Alexa, put the heating on. No. And that could be. That is, well, that's what I've got to look forward to in September and October. Brilliant scenes. Um, I, I will, after uh, I've finished recording the show with Matt. Uh, I will go and ask uh, beloved uh, smart speaker made by Amazon if she will say it for me. And uh, if she does, it will be in here right now. What's the longest place name in the world? The longest place name in an English-speaking country is a hill in New Zealand called Tormatul Hakatadlihangakau Au Otomati Tahu. It means the summit where Tamatea, the man with the big knees, the slider, climber of mountains, the land swallower who travelled about, played his nose flute to his loved one. So that was either Alexa or it wasn't Alexa, time will tell, um, when I come round to editing this. Uh, anyway, you'll be miserable today. I'm, I'm going to blow my own trumpet a bit here because I am a misery. Um, but I did have a very nice evening yesterday. I, one of my many other jobs uh, somehow ended up with me covering uh, a game at Stamford Bridge last night. And uh, do you know what? It was uh, absolutely brilliant and I really enjoyed it. And I'm back there in a couple of months' time looking forward to it. Anyway, uh, Champions League, no, nope, not interested in that today. It's all about the FA Vars, which is where we're going to start this week. A great week for the Southern Counties East League. Uh, we're going to be talking to two managers in, whose sides both went goal crazy. So first up, here is the manager of Irith and Belvedere, Owen Jones, who saw his side thump Oakwood 9-2. A 9-2 win. You don't get many of those, do you? No, not really. Not, not, not on, a, on a Sunday at, at three o'clock. The players' uh, minds and and attitudes and all the rest of it that goes with like Sunday football, but no, they they were switched on and uh, was up for the the game really. What was it? You say it's interesting. Obviously, you normally play on a Saturday, I suppose. The, the the challenge of playing on a Sunday. How how does that affect your preparations? Well, the the thing is, we train we train on the Thursday, and then we and uh, then it's that sort of time of just waiting really so what I have to do on Thursday at training I get them prepared and we talk through some stuff and then on the group chat I'll just keep sending messages and get it that, that way and just keep you know ringing players up and just just hoping that they're getting themselves mentally sorted because obviously we've got players that go to church but like myself I'm a minister I go to church as well and I'm and sometimes I have to go and minister whatever but um we just got to get on with it really and obviously the, the FA Vars is, is, is a good competition I, I, I suppose and, and a really good result for you to, to get through in the in the style that you did oh yeah I mean you know fair play to Oakwood that you know I'm not saying they were a really poor side or anything like that. You know, they came, they tried their best, but I just, that we was just on it, really. We, we really worked hard. I, 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 first off, I thought we played uh, into their hands a bit. We was very casual in the way we played. Very crab-like football, sideways. The ball was going a lot. Um, and it was very slow tempo. And I just, at half-time, I just said, look, we've got to pick the pace up and, 
and, and thread the ball through more into areas where we can hurt them. And that's what we did. Yeah. Is, is it your biggest win as a manager? Yeah, as a manager, yeah, I, w- I would say that is that is my biggest win. Even yeah, even when I was doing under twenty ones at uh, at Greenwich Borough, yeah, that that is my biggest win. Yeah, and it was and it was very enjoyable too. <laughs> And in terms of the, the season so far, generally, I mean, obviously you, you've just been promoted into the Southern Counties East League Premier Division. You've played six games so far, only one defeat. You've got to be quite pleased with how things are shaping up. Um, yeah, t- t- to be fair, when we first got the draw for the uh, league matches, I looked at them and I thought, oh my God, there's not a team there that's winnable. Like every team you went through, you could you go, you know, not like at step six, I could go, oh, we'll win that, we'll win that, win that, we should win that, draw, it's going to be tough there. But you can't do that. Every game, you know, it's going to be a really tough game and you're going to have to be on it. So, um, yeah, we have started off quite well. I'm pleased with how it's gone. But it, to be honest, it, the truth is the pl- a lot of the pl- players in my side, they still got step six mentality. Um, good players, but it's not so much the football side of it, it's the mental side of it that, that I've got to sort of work work on so that we can sort of get ourselves into a better situation of, of challenging really top teams. Like tomorrow we've got Beckenham, and that's going to be really tough because they've got really good players, experienced players that have played at higher levels. And, you know, they'll be playing against, Beckham's going to play against players that have just really come out of step six, really. So we've got to, like, step up to the mark and, and we've got to really compete with them. And that's not easy when you've just come from step uh, six to five. And really, we say step five, but a lot of the players that from step, even like Beckham players, from step five, a lot of them would have played step four and higher. So it, it is a, it's a massive um, cha- change in how you play, you know. And, I, and I'm not saying we're not ready for it, but it'd be nice if we, um, I suppose if we could have had a little bit longer to prepare, maybe pre-season if we could have had a bit longer. But, you know, everybody's got jobs and, and uh, other clubs was coming in for players and then the money side of it as well it's just unbelievable the amount of money that's going about with a lot of these teams you know and players are just all the top players just go where the money is and and that's sort of putting a strain on the game as well you, Obviously you lost Harry Harding so I guess that was a bit of a blow to lose so many goals from your team and have to try and replace them as you've got promoted Yeah it, um, to be fair we're doing we're doing well, but we just we, we we need somebody because of the way we play. We do need somebody like Ariadne, I, I suppose. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we can't compete with Chatham Town. They all they say is we'll give you this, and you've got, you they're gonna go, go well. No, uh, I can more this at this club, and they go all right. We'll give you a bit more on top, and that, and unfortunately that's just the nature of what's happening in, in non-league football at the moment the, the, with money coming in like this. So, yeah, fair play to Harry. 
it, it pays his mortgage, I, I suppose. So it, it, you can't turn it down if you're, if you're getting offered money like that. But yeah, we need to replace him if we're honest, and we, we, we haven't yet. But we're hoping that some, some, somebody will come along that is not too concerned about money. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't got, we haven't really got, I'm not saying that our players, they get, they get a bit of money. It's not, it's nothing like a lot of these clubs. It's just, pays the bus fare really um, and, and the train fare and the petrol that's all it is um, but we're not like one of the top clubs I just think we've done well in terms as a as a club and, and as a, a, a we're a family unit and, and that's what I preach from we're a family and we stick together and um, there's a lot of love and respect for each other and I think that's really helping our football really if I'm honest but I'm not silly. I know a lot of these players have had clubs coming for them and like behind closed doors and that. But they just, for some reason, they've all just stuck together, you know. But Harry Arden is a big miss, you know. He's family, you know. We love him dearly, and we really rate him highly. Um, I think Chatham have had a, a right result getting Harry Arden in. I don't know about the other players, but at Chatham but um, when we played Chatham and we drew one all with them it was so obvious that they needed him out there and we just said thank God he didn't play because <laughs> with Harry he can nick you a goal from anywhere he's, he's a, a top class player and just finally uh, Owen the, the draw's just been made for the next round of the Vars and, and you've got Wellingtown so a club that you that you know well <laughs> yeah and it's interesting because um, the manager was at the game yesterday <laughs> do you think he knew? So, the manager of Wellington was at the game yesterday. <laughs> Amazing. So, isn't that? That's fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, two teams that, like, go toe-to-toe. Um, we're going to have to be, this season, I think we're going to be a lot more smart in, on the way we play. I thought last year we were a bit naive when we played them. I mean, outplayed them, outclassed them, but they outmuscled us and fair play to them. Every time we played them, you know, and everybody would say, how the hell did you lose that game? I can't believe it. But football is not just about getting the ball and popping it all around the pitch and, and looking silky and wonderful. It's, it's about competing. Um, maybe it might suit us a bit better because of the way we've been playing in step five, we know that we're in a battle every game. So it might be that we might should come and come out on top, you know. But they they've done well, um, Wellington, to everybody's surprise. But it, it doesn't surprise me with the manager, you know. He he, he doesn't know what he's doing. So fair play to them. Um, Owen Jones, they're interesting character, Matt. Uh, not many people, uh, minister slash football manager, but. Uh... Regardless of of everything else, that is a, a any level, any result to win nine two is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, he was pretty laid back about the situation. I thought on his interview there, you know, I'd be singing from the houses after managing a side that a good result there. Well, maybe Oak would work the great side in his vision, but in the FA Vars, it puts down a marker, gives the side a bit of confidence, and uh, we'll go from there. Having the Belvedere promoted, um, arguably, I remember them when they were in the. Victor Meldew South East of Wood Division, wouldn't it? So they're probably playing at a level lower than they can do. Um, and I've seen Dover beat it. I've been to a, Do they still play the athletics ground? Uh, no, they play at Welling, don't they? 
Well, they used to play it somewhere else. I've seen them at a ground somewhere uh, from that point of view. So, yeah, of course they play it well, because you mentioned that in the interview, didn't you? So, yeah, uh, yeah. so I think they're probably playing below the levels with their financial problems. But going forward, yep, good result. And uh, hopefully they can have a bit of a run in the competition and that can improve their league form. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for them to, to, to go out there and, and sort of get their name out there. And I know the club... Uh, I've had a couple of chats uh, on social media uh, with the chairman who's running the Twitter account, and he's very excited that people are starting to take notice of them. And, and you know, after a 9-2 win, you can't not but take notice. And, you know, I, I think when I talk to people about the podcast, I, I, I say what, what I really love about this is nine times out of ten when I'm ringing someone up, I'm ringing them up because something good has happened at their club. And and Owen there was was obviously you'd say very laid back about it, but you can't help but be chuffed after a result like that. And and it does put a club on the map to have that sort of win. Yeah, I think I think it probably does. Yeah, whatever level of football, if you're banging in nine goals, it shows you're doing something right on the pitch there. So yeah, Eric and Belvedere, we do this podcast to get a shout out to these sort of clubs and I think um, they'll enjoy their moment in the sun will it go all the way to Wembley you never never know in this competition but it's a good start for them yeah it is and uh, you know to, to, they've got a good draw in the next rounds we're going to be hearing shortly we've already heard they're playing well in town um, and, and that puts another scaffold side through and another way of doing it but what is interesting there and again we'll, we'll discuss this uh, with uh, the well in town manager as well is he's very conscious of, of, of a big gap between step six and step five and I think we've, we've seen that haven't we we've seen Punjab United uh, we've seen them sort of come up and then struggle and, and well in town and, and and themselves so there is that gap and the, the scaffold I don't care what anyone says that is a tough old league oh, uh, we, we, you know, we always have a good laugh there's goals 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 in that competition but it is for players who you know maybe didn't get to where they wanted to, but they're, they're good players. If you play at that level, you have to be a good player. And we, going up, and as he said, the professionalism of the leagues go up. And, and, and Erith and Belvedere should not be playing in, in Scaffold 2, or Scaffold 1 as it was from that. From where it, They should be playing that level, and now they've got to appreciate that and go from there. We mentioned about Punjab struggling a little bit, uh, the issues that they've got. But Erith and Belvedere all look to go forward, as we would do well in town when, we speak to them, when, we, when you spoke to their manager as well. Exactly. Well, we'll we'll do that now because, as you heard, the reward for Irith and Belvedere in the first round proper is a tie against Wellington. Before the draw was made, I'd already put the feelers out to speak to both of these managers. So it's quite a happy coincidence when the draw pitched them against each other. So here is the Wellington boss, Danny Wakeling. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely had worse weeks and um, had better as well, by the way. But yeah, definitely, definitely had worse. Um, I'll start with Saturday in the Vars then. I mean, Aaron Dord had held Ramsgate of, of the uh, Bostick, or whatever it's called now, the Bet Victor League, uh, the week before to, to a draw in the FA Cup and then lost in the replay, obviously. Uh, I don't think anyone would expect you to go there and win necessarily as much style as you did. No, they wouldn't have done. Um, but we, we had someone watch them on the Saturday and again at the replay. So we had an amount of information and we didn't have to tweak too much. It's not, we don't think about sort of what can we do to the opposition as such? We believe in sort of working with 75%, 80% us and 20-25% uh, Taper and Taylor. If you think there's any weaknesses that you can exploit by virtue of how you play yourself, um, which is what we worked on on the Thursday night training. And I uh, wouldn't have expected seven goals, to be honest with you, but we did exploit a couple of areas which we worked upon, which is the most pleasing part of the day, to be honest. Uh, and then I understand on, on Sunday you nipped down to, to Irith and Belvedere. It was probably handy that you did that, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I did the draw myself on Monday, so, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I knew what I was doing, yeah. 
Yeah, very, very fortuitous. But um, you know, when th- when things are going your way, eh, they go your way, don't they? Um, so I mean, what what did you? Obviously, you've got them. It's, it's a while before you play them, but a, a, a good tie, I think, for both of you because it's a, a, a team to or clubs who know each other, and you'll both fancy your chances, I reckon. Yeah, and they've just signed another player that I've worked with in the last couple of years myself as well. So there's there'd be half a dozen of them in the side, more than likely. It could be six, could be seven actually that I've worked with before and uh, I've had the pleasure of managing before. So it'd be a very familiar game. So, but yeah, it's a good it's a good side for all involved. I know Owen very well. I know his son George very well. George was captain my side before. So um, there'll be lots of familiarity, but it'll all be put to side come kick off. How have you, obviously, you're new to Well in Town this year. How have you found it so far this season? It seems like a club going in the right direction. It is, and it's probably, I mean, Kevin will admit this too, the chairman, it, he's, got, he's got it to where he wanted to get it to, and, that, and, and yeah, the management teams previously. But it's um, sort of flown by the seat of its pants. It's gone 100 mile an hour, and it's got to a level whereby it's far more serious and there's far more threats and you're now you're now a smaller fish amongst sharks so the mentality shift was huge um massive transition in the summer once uh, once i came into the club uh, circumstances before me are down to that um you know, nothing to do with me um so it's gone a long way very quickly so it needs uh, a reasonable amount of time just to sustain uh, Kevin's an intelligent individual. He knows how he's got to where he's got to thus far, and he wants to you know, get here, catch a breath, and make sure we've got a sustainable model as a football club going forward. So, been laying down some ethics and principles, which take time, building the right environment, which takes time, and not sort of squandering you know, loads and loads of money, which has been levelled at, at the club previously. But it's a now more sensible approach, I suppose, which is going to lead to longevity and then catch breath and get stronger and push on again in a couple of years perhaps but as far as things have gone so far the lads we've brought in we've only had one lad stay from last season which is the goalkeeper Jack Moore which we're very lucky to have the rest is a complete new set of players but in the short space of time of working together they've really bought in to the ethics and principles that we've laid down the environment is strong and um, they're playing with a lot of belief and a lot of confidence they, 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 they truly buy into what's been put before them and when you get that, it's, first of all, it's going to make you hard to beat because they're playing for something, not just for themselves. And once, once you get that, you know, being hard to beat, then you can put other layers on top in terms of creativity and talent and then players are coming to the fore as well. So we, 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 we're going to have bumps in the road going forward. Though. It's not, it's not going to be a better Roses all season, but we're in a nice little climate at the moment. And, you know, I'm very proud of everyone's contributions. We've got Owen Jones on the show as well this week and, and he kind of talked to me about the, the difference between step six and step five. Do you, do you think there is that bigger gap? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, especially in Kent. I mean, it's still <clears throat> where, where, where it come from. It was a, it was sort of like an overblown Kent County Premier, wasn't it? Where it started for it. Clubs were accelerated by virtue of ground grading, etc. So there was a proper, probably a couple of clubs on playing strength initially. Um, when it was in its inception, it wasn't as strong as perhaps what the Kent County Premier was that was left behind. And and I know from experience, having come through the Kent County legs again recently, but there's some sides that playing. Division 2 West, Division 1 West, that are solid, strong, really, really good sides, good outfits, good players, well managed, well run. They just don't have the facility to go any further. And there are some sides in sort of Div 1 West that would absolutely give teams in Step 6 a, a battering. And, I, and I've seen it. Um, and I've been, I've been in the Kent County Club and we've gone and played clubs of Step 6 level and, you know, come off on the right side and thoroughly deserve to, to win games. So, 
Going to step five, though, from step six, you've got better clubs, a bit more history behind them, solid foundations. Obviously, with that comes from finance because there's more people to go and watch games and there's more of a club feel. It feels more like proper football, in inverted commas. So, yeah, it it is a big step, in my opinion. Um, but so far, Wellington in seventh, and last night to, to go and win at Corinthian, who who so nearly won the league last year and started again well. That that's a great result for you. It is, and um, you know, we'll always remain sort of modest and, and humble in victory, and, and won't get too disappointed in defeat either. But we were thoroughly good value for the three points last night, and I also felt we actually defended well, played really well without the ball, and didn't actually deserve to concede. Um, goalkeeper wasn't overly worked they threw some balls into the box as a team would do when they're 1-0 down at home and then 2 down at home but we sustained that really really well and, and the game plan went to went to a tee you know, to get, get get that sort of lead and then play on the counter and we looked threatening when we broke as well so you know, disappointed to ship a goal because we don't feel we deserve, we deserve to but Creamfield are a very good side and yeah they took the title to the last day they? and Cray Valley showed how good they were last year by getting to Wembley as well so for us to play like that um it was very, very pleasing. And then to get the win out of it, which we thoroughly deserved, yeah, top the day off, to be fair. Top the night off. I suppose then it's, it's frustrating that you're on a good run of form and you haven't got a game this weekend. It is, but uh, I'll spin that positively because we've got a lot of walking wounded. We played last night without uh, Hassan, who leads our back four, Hassan Oshilaja. And Joel Thompson is our top scorer, uh, who leads the line up the top end as well. Two sort of powerful, experienced, knowledgeable players that have got kudos in the dressing room. So, you know, with two parts of your spine out last night other lads came in and delivered a performance to the point where they weren't missed and that's that's what every squad needs and every club has to have so it made the victory and the game plan and everything that happened last night all the more better for them reasons so we didn't grumble they were missing the boys just got on with it and still delivered which is which is excellent so the break will come at the right time for us because we've got quite a few walking moodies and just finally you said the club wants to take a breath so, so what's the realistic aim for this season top 10 uh, yeah, probably. I'm not really pinning anything on it. It's, it's not about survival. It is about uh, earning the respect as we go along, getting the club recognised at step five. It'd be like a club coming out of the championship into into the Premier League. It is about rubbing shoulders with um, some bigger clubs and then becoming their peers. You know, not looking up at them, but becoming their peers. So we'll, we'll do that on a game-by-game basis or week-by-week basis. Um, we'll behave ourselves and play our brand of football the best way possible at all times we'll take the defeats on the chin and, and we will enjoy the moments when we get a victory as well because they'll be hard fought for and hard earned in this league so yeah it sounds a bit boring a bit of a cliched response but yeah we just want to sustain ourselves in that league and over a period of time and then draw the breath and go again but there, there is a, a strong top six top eight which is difficult to break into so yeah I suppose anything around the 10th mark would be very very successful Again, Matt, uh, a, a phenomenal result. I mean, we saw Ramsgate beat Arundel four 0 last week in the uh, in the FA Cup uh, in, in the FA Cup, and then they go and uh, have a big result on top of that. Yeah, I think I think it shows. Uh, interesting. Where, where's he been before? Danny, wait, his name rings a bell there. He's been he, a lot managed... of places. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, he yeah, came yeah. Football United last year. Yeah, I think um, very. Very interesting, you know, he came across really well in that. He's not going to get carried away after a couple of good results. And he said they'll have plenty of bumps in the road. But I think uh, a real interesting thing, and they've got the whole new players in. And I think we've seen Welling before, when they were sort of coming up through the leagues, there was the feeling that they were spending a lot of money. And now maybe the chairman's realised, when you get to this level, throwing money at it, 
might not actually get you anywhere, as we've seen with some of the bigger sides in this division. So they're looking to stabilise. Good result in the FA Vars. Good result in the league. I think they're doing better than I thought they would be doing. I thought they may be struggling down the bottom, particularly after the upheaval in the summer. But as you say, Danny Wakely does something rings a bell of an experienced manager and he seems to be working his magic so far. I don't expect them to get anywhere near the promotion places, but I think uh, slowly moving forward is the way forward. And as he said there, he's making a side. You, you, you want to be on a, on a pier with the likes of Chatham Town in a couple of years' time, moving in that direction. And, and they seem to be going so well for them after they did have issues at the back end of last season, what I remember. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting, you know, that they have come in there and he said, you know, that the top eight is very hard to break into. And we kind of knew that uh, from the start of this season, that that was the way it was going to be uh, in the scaffold. But Wellington, all they can do is exactly what Danny said there, and that is stabilise at this level. You know, if you have a couple of seasons at this level, then you can really build, your, your squad gets that experience and you get that togetherness. And I think that having the experience of playing at this very tough level, and knowing each other and, and how your game works, that is the key to, to getting out of this league. When we look at Cray Valley, I mean, that they took them a, a, probably longer to get out of this league than they perhaps thought it might do. Um, you know, obviously, the, the first year they were really going for it was very tough with Whitstable and Sevenoaks in there um, as well. But, you know, it, it is one of those leagues where, and I think Sevenoaks are a great example. They had Mickey Collins there for a few years. They stuck with him. He built the team. And then eventually they, they got going and they've done the same at the next level as well. So it is just stability is key at, at all of our levels of non-league football in Kent. Maybe in this level as well, when you probably find out the players can move to different clubs for a little bit more money, uh, etc. like that. So if they can get somebody there, he seems a very level-headed manager, probably one of the best interviews or best talkers I think we've had probably on the pod, John. Now. He was quite... Um, engaging I thought and uh, if he can do that with his players I think it'll go from there but an experienced experienced manager and he probably knows you know you know, he knows the level this level he knows it below as well so he knows what he can do to, to improve his players so yeah I think exciting times for Wellington at the moment it certainly is. Elsewhere in the FA Vars this week, it was a really good weekend for the Southern Counties East League. Uh, Tunbridge Wells made it through after beating Naphill 5-1 in a replay on Tuesday night. Uh, on Saturday, Kennington beat Siddlesham 4-2 after extra time. Dealtown were 2-1 winners at Hollands and Blair. SC Thamesmead beat Billingshurst 3-1. Beckenham were 6-0 winners over Farnham Town. Punjab United beat Loxwood 3-2. Snodland edged out Bryden Ropes by the same score. Rustall beat Godalming Town 2-1. Uh, Glebe were 3-0 winners at K-Sports. And Sheppey United won 1-0 at Lordswood. Uh, but the story from that game is the quick thinking of Ike's physio Alex Armstrong, who came to the rescue of a Sheppey fan who was taken ill at the final whistle. Uh, top man, Alex. And uh, our thoughts are with that supporter. Uh, from a Kent point of view, it was just... Um, Homesdale who were beaten. Uh, elsewhere in the scaffold, we'll discuss the draw for the FA Vars at a, uh, at a later date. Um, but on, there were league fixtures on Saturday. Beersted 2, Canterbury City 2, Corinthian beat Irith Town 5-0 and a 1-1 draw between Fisher and Chatham Town with Harry Harding getting a late equaliser for Chatham Town. Uh, on Tuesday night, we've already heard about Wellingtown's 2-1 win at Corinthian. Uh, it was Punjab United 1, Glebe 1. So Punjab getting their first point of the season. Uh, Beckenham 3, Irith and Belvedere 2. Um, so goals galore for Irith and Belvedere this week. Uh, Glebe's goal, incidentally, on Tuesday night was scored by Jamie Philpott. Now, there's a name, Matt. He was playing for Barrow in the National League um, blend last season. Played for Maidstone a bit by Dartford, scored goals in a lot of places and now he's playing for Cleveland. I know Gary Alexander's 
on that point of view. I don't know if he's fallen out of love with the game there, but he's a player who has scored at a higher level considerably this and interesting to see and he's up and running there. So could be a good signing for Glebe though. And Glebe aren't doing too badly, are they? I don't the manager went from there, but um six uh, six matches, ten points. Um, Philpot, he could be the difference. He certainly could. In Division 1 of the Scaffold, it was Lewisham Borough 2, Sutton Athletic 1 on Saturday. Uh, and that's and then on uh, Tuesday, Stansfeld were beaten 1-0 at home by FC Elmstead, who are top of the table now. And and they are the, I, I believe, uh, they are the only unbeaten team in the Scaffold at the moment, which is, uh, which is an absolutely phenomenal start to the season for them. They are five points clear uh, after seven games, which is uh, quite something. Obviously, teams below them have games in hand, but... Uh, Good start to the season for FC Elmstead, a club that we don't perhaps uh, know too much about, Matt, shall we say. I'm just checking out they're based in Bromley and Swanley, around that sort of area. But a congested uh, man, area, so any team there. Yeah, there's a lot of teams well. around there. Ennio Gonella, he rings a bell as well, as, the, as a name went about. He's the manager there. But again, there's so many clubs around that sort of North Kent area in these sort of divisions. Uh, Unbeaten, you can't grumble with that. Hexable there, right? which is a Bromley postcode. So, that is, uh, yeah, they ground share at Sutton Athletic. So yeah, you're full of knowledge, mate. To be fair, I, am, you know? yeah, I did know that before, but you know, I didn't want to show you up too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, on Saturday in the Scaffold uh, Premier Division, it's Canterbury City against Earth Town. El Chavico is back. Chatham Town against Lordswood. Uh, Deal Town host Crowborough. Beckenham Town go to Greenwich Borough. It's Hollands and Blair against Fisher. K Sports against Corinthian. Punjab United against Sirith and Belvedere. Sheppey United are at home to AFC Croydon. And Tunbridge Wells meet Bearstead in the first division. It's Croydon against Lidtown. Uh, FC Elmstead, the leaders, take on Bryden Ropes. Forest Hill against Snodland. Kent Football United against Stansfeld. Meridian VP against Holmesdale. Rochester United take on Sutton Athletic. It's Rustall against Lewisham Borough. SC Thamesmead against Kennington. Don't forget, there are four promotion places in that league uh, this season. So plenty of action uh, there. To, in next midweek, Greenways meet Rustall on Monday night in the first division. And then on Tuesday, it's Bearstead against Corinthian. Deal Town against Sheppey United, Lordswood against Canterbury City and Tunbridge Wells against K Sports. And then on Wednesday night as well, there are more games. This is a league ever not play. Uh, Greenwich Borough against Glebe, Hollands and Blair against Chatham Town in the Premier Division, Holmesdale against FC Olmsted and Sutton Athletic against Kent Football United in the First Division of uh, the Southern Counties East League. And, and as I say, we will discuss the draw for the FA Vars at a later date, but there are a couple of all scaffold ties in there again. So... Yet again, could we get a t- Kent, Kent team go deep into that competition? We will find out over the next few months on the Kent Only podcast. Let's go up the leagues then uh, to the Isthmian League Southeast. I think will be a, a good port, port of call next. Uh, full programme on both Saturday and Tuesday. Uh, we will run through some results very quickly. It was uh, another good win for Seven Oaks Town, 3-2 away at Burgess Hill. Cray Valley were beaten 2-0 by Chichester. VCD Athletic won 2-1 at East Grinstead. Uh, Faversham Town won the A2 derby, as I'm calling it, against Sittingbourne, one goal to nil. Uh, High Town beaten 2-0 at Phoenix Sports. Ramsgate continuing their disappointing start to the season, losing 4-1 at home to Guernsey. Uh, Herne Bay were beaten 5-1 at Whitehawk, and it was Whitstable Town 1, Haywards Heath 1. Uh, Whiteleaf against Ashford was postponed due to an, uh, a medical emergency, uh, which meant that the uh, air ambulance had to land on the pitch. Well, it's been a week of that, hasn't it? Uh, but on Saturday, uh, on Tuesday night, uh, Dave Smith at the double as Ashford United beat uh, Sittingbourne 2-1. It was Faversham Town 1, VCD Athletic 2. 
Hive Town lost again, beating one 0 at home to Seven Oaks Town. Steve Watt has got work on his hands there. Phoenix Sports were six three winners over East Grinstead Town. Uh, Ramsgate again beaten, lost three 0 at home to Herne Bay, and it was Whitstable Town one, Cray Valley PM one. Um, Obviously, some teams are doing well at the top, map, but I'm worried about Hythe and Ramsgate at the moment. I know we've spoke to Steve Watt, uh, but it hasn't been a case of a, of, of a new brush coming in and sorting things out. Yeah, I think uh, he, he's brought in a striker, Kieran Hugh, Mason Hughes. I think he was at Welling before, so he scored goals at that level, working to bring players in. Chris Kenny Jr. has been released, so he worked to get his own squad in. I think maybe a lack of confidence there, conceding goals from that. But Seven Oaks, you know, no disrespect to Seven Oaks. They've done really well this season, doing really well under Mickey Collins. But Ramsgate, the surprise of me, uh, a lady I work with, his husband knows, well, he goes to the games and he said they were absolutely dreadful last night. So, And I think this weekend, they've got a good FA Cup tie. It could be make or break, maybe for the manager. I think Nick Davis, how long has Nick Davis, when did he get appointed? Was he oh, in the summer, wasn't it? A year, not even a year. Was it a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah in I fact, know, you know what? I can tell you, it was a point just before Christmas, because when I rung him up, he was at Winter Wonderland. So. <laughs> that's right. So that's right. So he's been there nine months. And I, I know they haven't played, well, they have played two more league games than they did before, but I'm surprised they're struggling as they are. Um, so clearly something's not right there. Um, bottom of the table after five games with one point, um, not, not good really, I would say. So I think it could be a make or break week for them this week. Yeah, very interesting as well, Matt, that they've played four of their five games at home and lost them all. And their only point has come on the road. So maybe a couple of games away from home might, might help them out in the, in the coming weeks, I, I suppose. And, yeah. um, you know, it, someone has said to me on the 18th of September, I'd be looking at a league table with Ramsgate and Hyde, the bottom two. I would have thought, uh, no, it sounds like that's upside down to me. Uh, but it's not... Particularly if you look at our, listen to our preview of the season, where we probably yeah. said, oh, they're going to be definitely top two or top playoffs, no problem. So actually, We're we well know. good at predictions, ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, as you just heard, uh, Matt and I are talking at quite some length about uh, Ramsgate and their situation. And a couple of hours after we recorded the podcast, it was announced that Nick Davis has actually left Ramsgate before the game, uh, the FA Cup game they've got this weekend, after a disappointing start to the season. Um, such a shame because he's a really nice bloke, Nick Davis. Uh, and obviously it just hasn't worked out for him at Ramsgate this season. Uh, so Ramsgate are looking for a new manager. Uh, interesting time to make that decision, if you ask me, just before an FA Cup uh, tie. But we shall see uh, what goes on with that. Uh, unfortunately, I did promise on social media uh, a heckler, uh, but the sound quality on the actual heckle wasn't quite good enough uh, for inclusion in the podcast. And I'm talking very quietly now because said heckler is asleep. It's quarter past 12. This is a sacrifice I do for your Kent Only podcast. Uh, now it's back over to me to run through the rest of the Bostic even at quarter past twelve, I got it wrong. The Victor Meldrew League at South East. But yeah, Seven Oaks Town, 13 points from six games. With VCD Athletic, 13 points from six games. And fourth place, four four games, four wins, Ashford United. So uh, it, they're the team to watch at the moment uh, in, in that division uh, from a Kent point of view, I would say. But Seven Oaks Town, I uh, will catch up with Mickey Collins at some point. And obviously um, Keith McMahon at VCD as well. They've both had a brilliant start to the season. Uh, so we shall see if they can keep that going over the coming uh, months. This weekend, obviously, Ramsgate are in FA Cup action. They are the only ones uh, from a Kemp point of view who've got that. They are away to Hadley. We'll discuss the FA Cup uh, a little bit later on in the show. Um, elsewhere on Saturday, it's Burgess Hill Town against Whitstable Town. Uh, Ashford go to East Grinstead. Herne Bay against Hythe. Uh, Seven Oaks against Faversham. Sittingbourne host Guernsey. That one is a two o'clock kickoff. 
VCD host, who in third host the leaders Hastings United. Um, Phoenix Sports, who've won two games this week, are away to Whitehawk. Uh, I'm sure next Tuesday there's no league games because it's all Velocity Trophy nonsense, which I've decided I don't actually care about that much. Uh, in the Boston, I've done that again, Matt. In the uh, Bet Victor Premier League, uh, folks. The Victor Meldrew. It'd be easy if you just call it the Victor Meldrew. The Victor Meldrew, fine. Even though I never got a retweet from him because he's not on Twitter, uh, it's still folks. I don't believe it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, he's still focused to Victor, who are unbeaten and top of the table with 19 points from their seven games. Uh, three points clear of Hornchurch and Haringey Borough uh, in the in the competition. And uh, yeah, this weekend, well, there was games on Saturday, a couple of games on Tuesday as well, one of which we will discuss in a moment. But on Saturday, folks and Victor continued their good run of form with a 1-0 win over Bishop Stortford, a goal from Josh Vincent, uh, giving them the points. Margate had a good result as well, coming from 1-0 down to win 2-1 at Chessant. Last-minute penalty from Cadell Daniel. Cray Wanderers won. Harringay Borough won uh, at Hayes Lane on Saturday. And then on uh, Tuesday night, though, Cray Wanderers went goal crazy as they won 5-1 away to 10-man Bishop Stortford. Um, I also heard a little few whispers about that and also the Phoenix Sports game on uh, Tuesday night. I heard the R word that none of us like to hear, uh, that being racism uh, against players from the Kent club. And uh, again, I've said this before, if you are the sort of person who's going to go to a football match, in fact, if you're the sort of person who's going to go anywhere and uh, discriminate against anyone for the colour of their skin, then I suggest you stop doing that and uh, have a long, hard look in the mirror. Uh, because that is just absolute madness. But Craig Wanderers, Matt, a fantastic 5-1 win. Oh, yeah, I saw that when I was looking at the scores last night against uh, my my favourite man's hair, Bishop Storford, uh, Jamie Curitan as well. That's a great result. But you've got players in there, Joe Taylor. You know, when we saw him at Folkestone, he was a machine at Folkestone, wasn't he, at this level? He went to Margate, didn't work out. He's gone to Craig Wanderers, and he's scoring goals again. Tom Murphy, the player I rate. Carl Dent, I remember him for City Ball. He was a good player as well. They've got a good squad, I think, there, Craig Wanderers. Barney Williams, a good fullback. I think looking pretty good for um, for them there. Going to Craig Wanderers, going to Bishop Stalford, putting five past them is an absolutely fantastic result. Middle place to the table. I thought we due to them to do well to go straight through. I didn't know. I said they'd do all right. I didn't. I didn't say I thought that they'd uh, they'd go straight through. But I'm not surprised that they're doing well. No. Uh, they're a, they're a, they're a good side. Very good side. But a lot of experience and a lot of goal. And I so I, I rate Joe Taylor, and I think he must have half a dozen goals already this season. Well, I tell you, yeah. as well, they've got um, as, as well as that. Obviously, uh, Murphy and Taylor both scoring twice last night. But you've got um, Mitchell Nelson, another good player, another good experienced player, Bradley Pritchard. <laughs> He's a very, very handy player. Play championship football, yeah. And Charlie Allen, who's at there. So they've got a good basis of a good side there. They're one of the sides to, to watch out for. Of course, playing on the plastic may help them as well going forward. So, yeah, great stuff for there. It's a fantastic result of Bishop Storford. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, this weekend, obviously, the FA Cup again uh, for all three of the teams, uh, for all three of our Kent teams in there. Folks in Victoria are away to Kings Langley. Uh, Margate are at home to Concord Rangers and Cray Wanderers against Town Rangers is on Sunday. Um, I've, I think, Matt, I'm going to put my yep. neck on the line here. All three of those teams are going to get through. In the FA Cup? Yeah. So we've got, so Margate, say it again, because I was um, looking something up there. Margate, well, not Margate, because I'm going there. With the other sides? Margate, Cray and Folkestone, I think they could all go through. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the draw was, thinking about it, was pretty good to us, I think. Um, over the um, the time period, so I think uh, it's a really good 
good opportunity there. I'll be at the Margate game on thing. Concord with a bit of revenge there. Folkestone are absolutely on fire. So yeah, I think um, yeah, I think you could be spot on there. I think we may lose sides higher up the pyramid, though, John. That's my concern. Well, exactly. Well, well as we're talking about the FA Cup, then let's uh, let's keep on going uh, with with the four ties for our National League South teams who all enter the competition at this uh, at this stage. Uh, the toughest tie probably is uh, Tumbridge Angels, who were at home to Eastbourne Borough. Uh, mentioned him again uh, on the podcast, Matt Davison. Uh, 47 years uh, since, he, t- he tells us, since um, Tumbridge Angels last reached the FA Cup first round proper. Uh, they played Charlton Athletic that year. But what would it mean to that club to, to get through? But, but then they go into the hat and they get a team who they've already played, who've already beaten them from the same division. That, that is rough, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's... Uh... I think that I think over the last few years, I think they've been too. The draws have not been too good for them. You look at some of the draws we've had in the sides that Ramsgate have got, and people like that. It's a tough one against Eastbourne. You know what you're going to get. Eastbourne, solid side at their level. Lee Bradbury's a good manager. It's a tough, tough one. But they're at home, and I think if they get through that, brings them confidence. But you know, hopefully the result can improve their league. But you know, you, you worry about them if they go out of the FA Cup competition because of the money of that. Because if you don't go into the, you know, you're going going into this level previously in the first qualifying round, you get a bit of money. If they go out, there's no money earned from that cup competition. So yeah, it's a massive game for Tommy James, I think, for, for finances and also how their season could go ahead from that from this point. Another team I think have got a tricky little tie. Uh, probably not quite as tricky as it looked a couple of weeks ago, is Dartford, uh, who are away to Horsham, who are flying high uh, in their first season up in the uh, in the Victor Meldew Premier Division. They've, they've got 14 points from their seven games, uh, one defeat, which was to Folkestone. Uh, and I think that that is a banana skin for Dartford, but Dartford's current form, they've had a good couple of weeks under Tony Berman, and that will hopefully sort them out. Yeah, I think that is what Horsham have come through. Um, the, the league, new ground, a little bit of buzz about them. Dartford at home could be, you fancy them if they play them at home. Going to Horsham could be a, a real banana skin for it. And to be honest, I'm not surprised. I don't know how close they are getting a new manager. It's not the kind of game a new manager wants to go in at Horsham in the FA Cup. So if they can get a result there, get into the next round, maybe the newer manager can come in from that point. But Tony Berman knows the levels he's been there when Dartford went through the leagues he'll know what he's going to expect from Horsham but I don't think it'll be a walk in the park so uh, from that point of view but maybe after a replay Dartford will, will be in the house Yes uh, I do fancy however Maidstone United to make it through at home to Chesson uh, Chesson obviously newly promoted to the uh, Victor Meldrew Premier Division and beaten by Margate on Saturday Yeah Chesson I looked at their side they've got Tom Hitchcock who I remember was a good player. He's called a hatch against Gillingham one time, and they're absolute worldies. He's one of these players who always thought, oh, he's going to go big from that. He never gone anywhere. Now he's gone to, to Cheshunt at that level. He's gone through the levels, but he was a great player. So they have got some quality there, Cheshunt. Everybody's expect Maystone to roll them over. Maystone, better at home this season, uh, but disappointing result of the weekend. Another potential banana skin. I think Maystone should have enough for it, but again, I don't think it's going to be easy. I think um, all our conference south sides, including Welling in this, have got some difficult ties. I think that ties that if you'd have given them to them, you know, they wouldn't have wanted them before they were drawn, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, Tom Hitchcock, who you just mentioned there, yeah. got a famous dad as well? 
Kevin Hitchcock, the goalie, yeah. One of your Chelsea mates. Yeah, another one of my Chelsea mates. I knew that was coming when I brought that up as well. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, and the final uh, team into the FA Cup uh, at this stage is Welling United. Uh, home tie for them as well against Chipstead. And, and probably on paper, that is the tie that is, is the most favourable for a Kent club. Yeah, uh, again, but you don't know where you're going to get. They sort of lift themselves in the FA Cup. Welling have been inconsistently inconsistent early doors I know Mark Goldberg thinks they're not too far away from turning the corner but yeah unfortunately John there will be a big boy that goes out a conference south side that goes out to a lower league side I'm just hoping it's not going to be one of our boys but I've got a funny feeling that at least one of them could go Indeed well we will find out we also did mention very briefly Hadley against Ramsgate I think you've already sort of covered that uh uh, against a team at a lower level they're away from home uh, so hopefully Ramsgate can prevail uh, and the stat of the week from FA Cup Factfile which was mentioned on our Radio Kenshaw on Monday night is that Ramsgate are on course for the fourth qualifying round because in the last four years they've been knocked out in the preliminary round first round first qualifying round second qualifying round third qualifying round so this year the fourth qualifying round could await for the Rams so let's hope that comes true uh, for uh, Nick Davis and everybody at Ramsgate Football Club uh, into the National League then and we've got another interview Matt of course this show's going on and on isn't it but uh, yeah I mean, as long as that, that word from that place in New Zealand yeah yeah uh, the big T as I'm now yeah. calling it uh, <laughs> because after here we are in the middle of September and Bromley are still unbeaten now I was predicting them to do very well uh, in the uh, in the course of the season and uh, I'm, I'm being proven right so far as Bromley are flying high and on Monday Matt caught up with the nicest man in football Bromley manager Neil Smith We're in dreamland at the moment you know we never expected to be where we are uh, we work hard through pre-season you always want to get off to the best start you can um, you know and we've, we've, we're overachieving it's been, it's been amazing but uh, you know, while you're in there and, and up there you want to just uh, keep it going and maintain it as a manager, when you go through pre-season, when you finish pre-season, did you think, yeah, I've got a good bunch of lads here, we can go forward? Did you feel that at the time? Yes, we did. You know, when we, when we signed the players that we did, we'd already spoken to them and, and uh, you, you see what sort of people they are as well as uh, playing-wise. And, um, you know, you knew you had good people coming in. The heart, you know, the work ethic of them as well has been fantastic. Um, did I expect us to, to get off such, to such a flying start? No. Am I impressed every time we play? Yes, because you're learning more and more about them as a group of players. And um, like, like I've said, you know, they, 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 they've, they've done fantastic. By no means cracked it. You know, still a lot of hard work to do. But, um, you know, get the, the amount of points we have on so early, it's been amazing. Do you think that, you know, getting the transfer business done early in the season has helped you rather than, you know, if, if you bring players in beginning of August, but you've had those players bedded in pretty early on, early doors? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. It was it was one of them. The first, first and foremost, it was keeping the players that we'd already had here. You know, sometimes we've left it a little bit late, and you you're fighting against other teams just to keep your own players, let alone bringing in new ones. So we made sure we tried got you know get that done as early as we could uh, with the players that we wanted to keep from the from last season. And then you're just going out and and hopefully getting the players that you want. You know, we've highlighted a couple of players. You know, and um, speaking to them early, we showed them, you know, the plans for the club and where the club wants to go to. And they bought into it. And, um, you know, so all of a sudden your, your recruitment is new players, not just keeping hold of your old ones. Yeah. Looking at the league table in front of me, it, it, is it a strange year, uh, season this year? You've got the big boys down the bottom, sides 
a bit like yourself, the Wokings, the Halifaxes, and the Maidenheads, who many people didn't tip to be up there. Is it an open league this year? And what do you think the quality's like? Every game's been a tough game that we've played in. Did I expect us to be up there and Woking? Probably not. You, you know, you're looking at your Solly Holes and your Wrexhams and AFC Files from, from the last season. Whether they've had a hangover or something, I don't know. Um, but, you know, while it's open like this, you know, you've got to make sure you take the opportunity to stay up there and in and around it. I still believe the, t- the you know, the, the teams like Knox Counties and, and Yeovils will put runs together. Chesterfield was a tough game, you know, obviously getting their first win on Saturday. Um, I, I don't think it will stay like this. I think there's a, there's a lot of, you know, swapping and changing to go along because it is so early on in the season. Uh, and it is one of those where if you get the chance, you've got to take them. Yeah, talk about Saturday's game against uh, Eastleigh. He went one nil up, a nice goal from Luke Coulson lobbing the keeper. Disappointed you couldn't hang on? Yeah, I was. You know, I thought, you know, we just literally just just watched the game again, and uh, the first half we have so many, you know, so we have a couple of chances to have, you know, got ourselves ahead earlier on. Um, then when you go a goal up, you know, it was a great finish from Luke Coulson. You believe you can hold on. They threw everything at it, and you know. To be fair, we, we blocked the first shot, and then the, the, the guy takes it really, really well. You know, and um, you know, you pat him on the back and go, "What a great strike!" But straight afterwards, Rico has another effort that nearly goes in. The keeper pulls off a great save. So disappointed that you come away without the three points, obviously. But you know, to go with a team like Eastleigh who were in the playoffs last season and to be disappointed that you haven't won, you know, just shows how far this club's coming. Michael Cheek, he got his injury against Chesterfield. He's got five goals already this season. He didn't play on Saturday. What's the diagnosis with him? How's he getting on? Yeah, no, he's, he, he trained today. He should be fine for Saturday. But, you know, I think that shows you again how far we've gone. You, you know, you've got two players on five goals. You've got Rico in yeah. there as well. You know, the midfield players are, are chipping in. Obviously, Coulson getting off the mark as well. So, you know, what we try to do, that you're not so dependent on one player. Um, in the team, you know, we've got a couple of uh, people that can put the goal away. Clifton, you know, had a good chance as well. So, um, yeah, he's a big he's a big loss in respect of what Cheeky can do. Um, but hopefully, he's, he's going to be available for Saturday. You know, we're going to need him playing against a team like Notts County. Did he fracture his cheek? But is it? Is he's got one of those masks, or is he okay? No, 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 no. no. It's just um, literally bad swelling. Oh right. So there's, you know, there was no concussion. There was no fracture. It was just the swelling hadn't gone down enough uh, for him to play. And you know, I've got to be cautious of the player. You know, not just for one game, but for the whole season. So it was uh, my decision not to play him and, and, and make sure that he, he gets another week's recovery. But as I said, he trained today and he's 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 fully fit. Back-to-back home games as well you've got coming up. You've got Notts County, one of the sides you mentioned earlier there, who seem to be picking up points as well now. And then you've got home to Woken as well, which could be a, a top-of-the-table clash. So, yeah, coming no, no, thick no, and fast. The, the, the next couple of weeks, you know, and then after that we play Yeovil, we're hitting a bit of form as well. So, you know, the, the games are coming thick and fast. You know, it is early on in the season. By the end of the, you know, the, end of the week, you're a quarter way through the season. Um, and you've just got to make sure, you know, injuries stay, you know, as, as minimal as you can, you know, we have got a tight squad, but uh, they're, they're brilliant games, you know, Notts County, you know, one of the founding members of the league coming down to play a league game against us on Saturday at home. Um, then, you, then you've got Woking, who are top of the league at the moment on the Tuesday, and then you've got, as I say, you've got Yeovil just come down from the league, you know, hitting a bit of form away from home. So, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant league to be in. They are so competitive, but it's so relentless. There's no let-up. You know, you, sometimes you, you've got to take, sort of take a step back, take a breather and just realise where we've come. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of the managers have said, I saw, saw that, criticised the fixture list, how it's come about. Are you one of these who think you're playing too many games early doors? 
Well, as I say, you know, quarter the way through the season, and you're only just, you know, midway through September. It, it, it does sort of beg a belief because then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're saying like that you get them in now because of the weather. But I think I think the teams have changed now. I think the games and the the, the, the stadiums change. People are looking after their pitches a lot better. You know, not many many games get called off. Um, so I don't think you need to do it like that. You know, can can you have six and six say instead of having eight in September, uh, August, yeah. and then you're having you know five in September, then four in October? There, there must be a way where you can spread the, the the games out where you know you're not playing so relentless. It's the teams with the bigger squads obviously get the advantage come later on in the season because you know there's bound to be suspensions, injuries, and stuff like that. So. You know, I think there's a way around it, but uh, until they find one, you just got to crack on and get on with it. I remember saying at the start of the summer, Matt, that they were doing their recruitment early and they were doing it well, and that's exactly what he said there, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's brought in players who have proven themselves at this level previously. The keeper, Cheek, uh, Clifford, and people like that. Clifton, sorry, people like that, and previously in. Previous years for for Bromley, you always felt they were maybe buying from the Conference South, maybe looking at players on the up from the from the the, right, the Devon Bostick as it was then from that. But they brought quality in who know this level. Billy Bingham, who's a bit unlucky, the Jill was a very good player uh, from that point of view, and and he, he had the core base of the team, the Jack Hollands, the Meckies, the Coulson, so worked really well. And I think they should be delighted with that. Again, some points of it, three wins out, three draws out of the last four. If they'd have picked up another six points out of those games, they'd be way clear at the top of the table. So I don't know if some part of them thinks, mm, could we could we be doing even better? But 11 games gone, unbeaten. One of the sides up there in a division, which I think is going to be tight, tight, tight this year. Doesn't seem to be any outstanding side in there. That it could be a... An interesting season for Bromley if they can keep this going. We've got a couple of big games coming up. Six points out of the next two home games, as we mentioned in there, really does put down a marker. And, and I would then say they would be one of the favourites for the title if they can beat Notts County and beat Woking. You, you know they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, that game against Notts County is a big one, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously Notts County are still adjusting to life uh, at this level. Uh, but that is the game, I suppose, when the fixtures came out back in July, that was the one game that people would have looked for first, I suppose. Uh, and uh, so that is a, a, a big game. And, you know, Notts County up to 13th, three wins, five draws, three defeats. If Bromley can, can win that game, that will just, just keep showing that they are a force to be reckoned with. Well, I think, you know, you look at it at the moment, Bromley are uh, nine points clear of Notts County. Win that, 12 points clear with 12 games gone. Yeah, and I think because Notts County seems to be on the right direction now after a, a tricky start, I think that will show there. But they, they're good at home, Bromley. Um, top goal scorers at home this season. They've got a good basis of a crowd. There's a good rapport, I think, with the fans and the supporters there. So I'm sure there'll be a big crowd there, 2,000 plus. Yeah, a good, good marker for them. They've drawn three out of four, so I think they'll be a little bit disappointed there. Three points here. They're Saying that, probably four points out of these two home games, Neil Smith will take your hands off because again, it shows where, it will show where they are against sides who are doing who are on the up, maybe. And I think Woking are overachieving, but I, I expect maybe four points for those two games for Bromley. And obviously, uh, as Neil said, there Michael Cheek should be back in the team on Saturday, and you can't uh, underestimate how important it is to have a striker of that pure quality, which is what Michael Cheek is. Yeah. Um, 
I think uh, he, he could be the difference come the end of the season. Ebsley, when he played for Ebsley, his record last season, when he got in the team was excellent. He is, his back to goal plays good, his penalty area plays good, he's brave. And, and, and you've got uh, Reece, uh, Hackett Fairchild as well, who's, you know, great link up with them. They've got a partnership going, very quick, good finisher. That could be the difference from that. If they keep cheek and keep Hackett Fairchild fit, scoring goals, but the only concern is in January, bigger clubs from league clubs may be looking at them because they are improving week on, week out. So, yeah, exciting times probably, but cheek's going to be crucial for them. Particularly, you know, the winter months come in, tough games against tough sides, cheek can make the difference. It was draws all round on, in the National League on Saturday. Woking uh, were 2 0 up against Ebsfleet United, but uh, Alex Reid, who's a name who's scoring quite, he's coming up on the score sheet quite a lot at the moment, uh, and Miles Weston's free kick earned Fleet a point at Gary Hill's old club. Um, but any joy Matt Gerrard may have had at uh, Woking failing to win, probably tempered by Dover Athletic also failing to win. Uh, again, the home form, Matt. Is it, is it just your presence that's upsetting them, do you think? Could well be, could well be, yeah. But I think um, I thought a draw was a fair result. I was quite impressed with Chorley, organised, flat back five, three centre halves. You like heading the ball. Dover haven't got much goal to break sides down. You always felt that they they needed a second goal. The only bit of quality got them the goal with Modest, who's playing very well. My mate Effion clean through on goal. Only the goalkeeper to beat. I wouldn't have, you know, just didn't feel he was going to score in those situations. He didn't. And Chorley got back into it and Dover you know, nearly lost it in the last minute with a clearance off the line as well. So, yeah, it's disappointing. Um, but, again, 11 games gone, 17 points, 8th place. Could Dover be doing better? I think Dover could have more points on the board than they are. But if you'd offered me 17 points from the opening 11 games, I'd have taken it. So, um, But they need to find something back because the performance of the last few weeks haven't worked well. And, uh, sometimes I put, I put it on the blame on Andy Heston Sullivan when they had a bit of momentum he changed the side around and we haven't really got the performance levels back up as they were at that point uh, You say that um, a second goal was what was needed what, why then as, as one of Dover's two main strikers been sold this week? Um, I felt that it didn't work between Pavey and Effie Young I don't know if there was a sort of you know, a little bit of tension between them we saw it the first game of the season when Effie Young went off Pavey came on and didn't shake his other's hands on that point of view. We saw it at the penalty when they bought, Effion got one at Bournemouth. Basically, Effion, Pavey wanted to take it, but he told him to go away, which he subsequently missed. But I think they're, and I don't think they're linked up particularly well. They're both going for the same sort of ball. And I, and I think, Dave, I think I might mention it last week, they needed somebody a little bit different up in attack to maybe run in behind. If you put the ball into Pavey, like they were in the opening games of the season, when you cross the ball in with Pasty and Bobby Joe Taylor, who's been a Big miss for David on the left-hand side. He will thrive on it. And I expect him to score 15 goals for Barnett because they will play with wingers and get the ball into him. But maybe Andy Hesitar is thinking, right, we will play with wingers, but maybe rather than whipping the ball in, we'll try and get to the byline and cut the ball back. And maybe they're looking for more of a fox in the box, more of a quicker striker who will maybe play off Effie on from that. So... Yeah, Pavey will score goals. Yeah, I think that there's a, he scores in fits and starts as well. So once he gets a run in the team, I'm sure he'll do well for Barnett. But if you'd offered me who Dover are going to get rid of one of their strikers, Effion or Pavey, you know my feelings for Effion. There is a player in there somewhere. I think it's the right decision. And maybe you'd probably get more money for, Effie, for Pavey more than you would Effion if you're with me. So maybe it's a deal for both parties that works out. 
Yeah, but, um, Paby played the second second half of Barnet's tuna win over Aldershot on uh, on Tuesday night. I also note that Jack Powell is uh, is, is at Aldershot now as well, Matt, uh, having signed for Crawley in the summer. Uh, yet to make an appearance for them, and now he's uh, he's he's dropped back into the into the national league, uh, and he's at Aldershot. So uh, yeah, I was quite surprised he got moved to Crawley. To be honest, I've never been that impressed with him. So when Crawley Crawley are doing quite well this season, so gone to Aldershot from there. Yeah, I'll be interested. They will play Aldershot in a couple of weeks, so I think Aldershot will be one of the sides down the bottom of the table. Um, we'll see how he gets on. Yeah, but Barnet maybe Yeovil are the only side so far. Or, apart from the top sides who've got a bit of consistency in the last few weeks and maybe they're the sides to watch out for the old ex, big ex-league clubs coming through when you when you expect it will be like some Wrexham and Chesterfield maybe it's going to be Barnet and Yeovil coming through on the inside at the moment Yeah, uh, this weekend Epsic United play Barrow uh, and Dover have got a long old trip up to Hartlepool and then on Tuesday a uh, shorter trip for the Dover Whites as they go to Maidenhead and uh, Alfie Pavey will be back in Kent uh, as he goes to Ebbsfleet we've already heard about Bromley's two home games with um, Woking and Notts County over the weekend uh, so opportunities for those teams I would say uh, but uh, they, they've got to sort of uh, I don't know they've got to make sure that they're uh, that, that they're picking up the points because apart from Bromley that I, I think I know that you, you are saying Matt that you don't necessarily feel that way about, it. but I think apart from Bromley, I think Dover could be doing better and and perhaps should be doing better. And they, they've been unlucky at times as well. Uh, and it's just a matter of sorting themselves out. Anyway, uh, we have prattled on for far far too long this week uh, on the Ken Only podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it though. It's been uh, it's good. We've, we've had a heckler in the middle of it as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been it's been really good as always. We are on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook at Kent Non-League. You can find me on Twitter at JohnPhipps81. There's no H in John and Phipps is P-H-I-P-P-S. And even when I say that to people and spell it out to them, they still can't say it right uh, in some places. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, and uh, he is uh, always worth following. Well, he doesn't tweet that much, but... <laughs> no, I don't tweet at all, but football. I've got nothing exciting to say, sort of thing. Well, like no, because really. it's September and October, and September... Exactly, yeah, September. Crap months, yeah. Uh, uh, on our radio show Monday, we had FA Cup Fact File, uh, who gave us loads of uh, facts and stats uh, about the uh, about the competition uh, for all of our Kent clubs over the weekend. That is available to listen again. This Monday, we're back on the air, uh, but we're going to be talking about rugby for, for quite a portion of the show, so uh, uh, won't necessarily be... Is that special music? That, that's what you really love about rugby, that theme tune, isn't it? Exactly, nothing. I've got no... Well, yeah, uh, come on, come on. What is... The, 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 what are they? What's their name? The Roses, is it? That's England it, yeah. Roses? The Roses. Oh, yeah, yeah rugby's, rugby's, I'll, I'll be trying to get some of my rugby knowledge up because at the moment it's poor and I've got no real interest. But I've got to change it around. Go on, Eddie's boys. Yeah, woo. Um, so Saturday you're at Margate, did I hear you say? Margate, yeah, Margate. So a trip to me to see how they get on FA Cup. They lost to Concord, uh, Concord last season. Uh, catch up with Jay Saunders and see, get the vibe around Margate. Because sometimes when they win, everybody's over the moon. When they lose... Everybody's down in the dumps, but I think it's a good marker for them against Concord. If they get a result there, you're only a couple of ties away from the first round. Yeah, and away from uh, the conversations that I know we've been involved in, are you going to Maidenhead on Tuesday? I am going to Maidenhead oh, on Tuesday. Right. So I'm glad that's all been sorted I'll, out then. Uh, I will, um, yeah, I could be quite tired because it depends on I might be back late. So, um, yeah, but we are going to Maidenhead. Uh, we'll have 
tough game there because we'll get absolutely bullied, I would have thought. But hopefully we've got stuff in our locker. Maybe there's a new striker coming in. You never know for David. Perhaps that may be the case. Uh, anyway, thank you to everybody for listening uh, to this week's Kent Only podcast. And thanks to our sponsors, Workforce Dimensions. Thanks to Matt Gerrard giving up his time. Thanks to uh, my cat, Ray, who has been uh, in this room for most of the time I've been doing the podcast. And of course, thanks to Hayley uh, for her input on the show, uh, which I'm sure you will all agree massively, massively improved it. But thank you most of all uh, to you, everybody out there for listening. Uh, it's been uh, it's been. Good fun and thanks to the guests we've had and all. I'm just going to say thank you to everybody who knows me, uh, anyone who's ever heard of the podcast, anyone who's, who's got anything to say. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we will see you all next week. John, I'm not interested you share the sandwich with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. They're your Chelsea friends. I'm not a Chelsea friend. <laughs>